In any other year, the big news today would be that it's 10-20-2020, but this is 2020, so it's just a mere October 20th, and a Tuesday at that. I'm Sean Tubbs, and this is another installment of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newsletter and Newscast. Today's show is supported through every contribution that readers and listeners have sent in so far, either through a Patreon contribution or a subscription through Substack. This newsletter and newscast will remain free as long as it's being produced, and your donation helps others learn information about the community as well, thanks to those who have given their initial support. There are another 926 cases of COVID-19 in Virginia, as reported today by the State Department of Health. The seven-day average for positive tests has dropped to 4.8% today, down from 5% yesterday. For the third day in a row, the Blue Ridge Health District has reported 16 new cases across its five counties in the city of Charlottesville. The percent positivity for PCR tests is at 2.6% in the district today, down from 3.3% yesterday. The University of Virginia is reporting 56 active cases at the moment, with 36 of them students. 5% of isolation rooms are in use, as are 6% of quarantine rooms. Charlottesville City Council had a full meeting last night that may take a few newsletters to get everything to you. This newsletter is a little different because it takes a look at one of the topics in detail. Some of these subjects don't lend themselves to quick sound bites. Council first approved a plan to waive fees for outdoor cafes for March and April and cut those fees in half from May of this year to next March. As part of that plan, they've also agreed to charge half of the usual parking rental fee for any restaurant that wants to use an adjacent parking space for table service. Chris Engel is the city's economic development director. Uh, This has been done uh, by at least one restaurant uh, and attempted or considered by one or two others. And in the interest of uh, trying to encourage outdoor dining while the season permits, uh, we felt it was useful to reduce the Uh, fee for that rental space. Council then began a long discussion of how to move forward with subsidized housing projects, including the renovation of Crescent Halls and new units at South First Street. Those are public housing units operated by the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority, which is a separate governmental entity from the city. CRHA is currently authorized by the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development to operate 376 public housing units. Many units were built in the 80s and have not been well maintained. Brenda Kelly is the Director of Redevelopment for the city, and she presented council with an ordinance that governed how CRHA would be granted $3 million in city funds to help finance those two projects. CRHA and its partners have been engaged in robust resident-led redevelopment planning efforts. One of those partners is something called the Charlottesville Community Development Corporation, which is actually the CRHA Board of Commissioners, a body appointed by council. The CCDC is a nonprofit entity that is eligible to receive and distribute low-income housing tax credits, or LIHTC, which help to subsidize the projects through private investment. Funding will be dispersed as a grant to CRHA. CRHA will provide the funds to the CCDC, whereby the CCDC will lend the funds to the project as an interest-free 30-year loan. 100% of the units constructed will be provided for rental by low and moderate income persons, having household income at or below 60% AMI. No fewer than 13 units will be public housing units at South First Street Phase 1, 
and no fewer than 53 units will be public housing units at Crescent Halls. CRHA would not own those new structures, but would continue to own the land and operate the buildings. The CCDC would own the structures. That means they will be responsible for paying property taxes. We'll come back to that in a bit. But these details are also worth documenting. The private sector project owner has an investment member, and the investment member has a right to sell its interest in the project prior to the end of the 30-year LIHTC term. If the investor member's interest cannot be bought out by CRHA, this could potentially result in termination of an extended use agreement after year 15. So year 15 may be a significant milestone whereby CRHA has an option to purchase the project. This raises unknowns also, including how much this purchase price may be and where will CRHA obtain the funding. Council's discussion centered around two issues. One is a clause in the resolution that compelled CRHA to complete a financial sustainability plan that was requested by Council in February of 2019. CRHA has to complete that plan anyway as part of a plan with HUD. The federal agency considers CRHA to be a troubled agency, and the local authority must document how they can hit performance measures. The ordinance before council required that plan be in place in order for the CRHA to get a third payment from the $3 million grant. CRHA Executive Director John Sales said that requirement would prevent the project from breaking ground by the end of this year. It's going to be really hard for us to close on uh, both loans with that requirement in there because we won't be able to show a bank that we've satisfied that requirement in order to close. Um, So that could really put both projects... um, at a point where they will not go forward. As I said, Council discussed a financial sustainability plan for CRHA in February of 2019. Since then, the agency has gone through a leadership change and sales just became director in August. Councilor Heather Hill said she wanted the sustainability plan to be completed. I want to know that by the time we get to that third draw, which is our intention, that we're seeing real progress made towards, you know, a reasonable end to the sustainability study, because I just think that the longer this goes on, the, just it's, it's not to our advantage. Councillor Michael Payne said he would be willing to drop the requirement. I'm certainly willing to be flexible. I think not, our intention is not at all to have this um, jeopardize any funding or jeopardize these projects. And Council agreed to require the plan to be produced by the time a second phase for South Street moves forward. That will be about a year from now. The other issue regarded those property taxes. The CCDC is not exempt from local taxes. Sales said the resolution that was before Council did not give a sufficient guarantee that future councils might stop paying an annual subsidy that's equal to the dollar amount of the real estate taxes assessed and billed to the new project owner. Currently, the CRHA makes an annual payment to the city in lieu of taxes, but that won't be a possible arrangement with the CCDC being a non-public entity. Jeff Meyer at the Virginia Community Development Corporation said the project will not attract investors if there is the potential for future liabilities that are not built into their performa. No one is going to go forward with um, lending money or investing money into the project if um, we understand from the very beginning that they're not going to be economically feasible because they have to pay the, the full liability for property tax. 
However, under Virginia law, elected bodies cannot appropriate funding beyond one fiscal year. Here's interim city attorney Lisa Robertson. You can um, budget for payment of your obligations from one fiscal year to the next, uh, but you can't enter into uh, binding obligations over a long term that aren't subject to Uh, what we call a non-appropriations clause. Robertson said there was no legal way for the city to waive the property taxes CCDC has to pay on the buildings. The CRHA will still own the land. One solution would be for the city to pay the next 15 years of property taxes in one lump payment that could be put into an escrow found that the CCDC could draw from to pay for its taxes. Council chose not to go with that option. Our budget picture is pretty brutal, and there's still substantial uncertainty about what the impact of COVID will be this budget cycle. Mayor Nakaya Walker asked Meyer if the project would be halted if council could not cover the cost of paying the next 15 years of property taxes in advance. I think we'll make every effort to go forward with the project. I can't say that um, that something won't come up. You know, once the language that's in the in the ordinance becomes um, something that, you know, that our other partners, the other funders are going to read, everyone is going to review all the documents. Walker pointed out that three current councillors will serve until 2023. Payne said he would continue to support the city's annual subsidization of property taxes for CCDC. It's not difficult fiscally for us to fund that each year and maintain that. But to put it all up front in one year, especially at this time, is a challenge. Um, but I, I certainly get the un, the uncertainty. But I think the community and the council has a 100% commitment to this. As this was only the first reading of the resolution, staff will take a look at potential ways to address Myers and Sales concerns. One option is a line item in the capital improvement program. Here's Chrissy Hamill, Senior Budget and Management. It would set forth the the idea that there is a plan and the intent is that you're going to fund this over, you know, the five years. Speaking broadly about public investments in housing, Walker said it was important for council to understand what these complex arrangements will mean for future council. Later on in the meeting, and in tomorrow's podcast, we'll hear about how they took action on a $5.5 million request for Piedmont Housing Alliance for the first phase of the Friendship Court redevelopment. Then it's important for us to understand what we're setting future council counselors up for, and that when you talk about um, commitment to housing, then we have to say that this is our commitment to housing. Walker said council also had to keep in mind that there will be future requests from both CRHA and PHA for future phases. And I just think if we, if there's a vote in favor of this, which I think that both of these projects are very important, um, and I think the other counselors agree, then we need to understand our limitation on doing any other major projects while we figure out these two projects. I'll have more from this meeting in future installments of the newsletter, or possibly just a special podcast just about this meeting. I've got four more hours to listen through, and this is important stuff to get on the record. Now back to the rest of the newsletter. 
Today in meetings, the Commonwealth Transportation Board meets in Richmond all day, and among the items is an update on revenues that provide funding for infrastructure projects throughout Virginia. The Charlottesville Parking Advisory Panel meets at 3.30 p.m. The group was created in the wake of a parking action plan adopted by council around the time in early 2017 when they spent almost $3 million to purchase land on Market Street for a future parking garage. The Charlottesville Board of Architectural Review meets at 4 and will begin with a discussion of a refined process for design review. The Consenta agenda has details for an expansion of the Center for Christian Study site at 128 Chancellor Street. The BAR will also have a preliminary discussion on renovations to buildings that will be used as part of the new joint Albemarle-Charlottesville General District Court in Court Square. The Albemarle Economic Development Authority meets at 4 p.m. The Albemarle Albemarle Planning Commission meets at 6 p.m., and they have a work session on transportation issues. And that's it for this special edition of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newsletter and Newscast. The next one will not be quite like this, and I do appreciate your patience if you did listen through to the end. I felt this was something that needed to be documented and explained to the public. After all, this is something we're going to have to consider and be paying attention to for the next 15, 20, 30, 40 years and beyond. I'm Sean Tubbs, your host, and I'll be back tomorrow with another installment. Thanks for listening.